Welcome to this week's podcast, Building Blocks of the Indian Economy. I'm your host, Amar Meni. Previously, we have looked at the Indian Railways as a huge system which transports people and freight around the country. We learned that it is the Indian Railways' earnings from its freight business which subsidizes we the people. Passenger tickets are half what they would be if the railways was not hauling all that coal and steel from one side of the country to the other at speeds topping 25 kilometers an hour. Yes, we also learned that the Indian Railways travels at a leisurely pace. Even passenger trains only manage about 50 kilometers an hour. But this week, I would like to look at the trains themselves. Their manufacture. After all, they are something that we already make in India. Now, until recently, we were all accustomed to the sight of Indian trains, mainly in blue, sometimes in red, crisscrossing the country. Their interiors were usually old and shabby, and the toilets were worse than that. I say until recently, because in the early years of the Modi government, there were grand plans for an Ahmedabad-Mumbai bullet train, which has not quite reached top speeds yet. But then another idea came along, called Train 18, which became known as the Vande Bharat train. And it has got moving in the past couple of years. There are not yet a large number of these modern, semi-high-speed trains which look unlike anything we have seen at an Indian railway station so far. But that is part of their appeal, of course, because many of us are keen to try the experience. I say at the outset that investments in projects like Vande Bharat, as well as other aspects of railway modernization, have to be paid for. And for many years, the Indian railways, like the national highways, was doing so through debt, getting closer and closer each year to falling into a debt trap. That has slowed in the last couple of years as it has stopped taking new debt at least, primarily due to the government of India pumping in more money from the union budget. The financial viability of the Vande Bharat trains seems a bit uncertain at the moment, successful on some routes, running at half capacity on others, due to expensive ticket prices. I find it difficult to see how the trains might compete with air travel at such high prices over longer distances. But today, I want to look not at finances, but at manufacturing. So how does the Indian Railways make and purchase its trains? And what sort of industry has been created to build those trains over the decades, in fact centuries now, since those first railway sheds were built in Calcutta back in the 1800s? Much like the way we found India's shipping industry to be a relic of a bygone era, perhaps it is even more so with the Indian railways. It is an effective monopoly and in some ways has, historically, achieved economic autarky or self-sufficiency. It is an economic world unto itself. It builds its own tracks, builds its own railway stations, builds its own trains. It is the only railway service which runs on those tracks. It employs a huge unionized workforce, is wholly owned and managed by the government of India, and it is a national institution with little interference from the state capitals. Now, speaking of building its own trains, it has developed about six or eight main factories scattered across the country, from Kapurthala in Punjab in the north to Chennai in the south. The integrated coach factory at Chennai has been India's biggest train-building hub. Recently, 
A new factory was also built at Latur in Maharashtra. Then there is another at Dohod in Gujarat. Now these factories are all managed separately, and there have been suggestions to bring them together as one larger entity. But alas, the suggestions have remained suggestions. So these individual factories have been making those trusty old trains for decades now. Generally, there are the old trains, which are of the German Link Hoffmann Busch design, which are about 30 years old now, and the even older Indian designed ones, which have recently been discontinued. Until 2014, orders came through slow and steady, and the trains were delivered at a similar pace. When the government changed, the order book did too, and suddenly these coach factories had to multiply their production capacity to keep up with the government's modernization drive. They were able to do so to a reasonable degree, producing those old German models from the 1990s. But things changed when the Prime Minister demanded timely production of the Train 18, the Vande Bharat trains, back around 2018. The integrated coach factory at Chennai was able to design and manufacture the new model of train, quite unlike anything it had made before, in just 18 months. But there was just one small problem. It could only make two of them. Initially, the Vande Bharat trains have been chair class rather than sleeper trains. One of those first trains started plying the tracks from Delhi to the Prime Minister's constituency of Varanasi. It could be said that these first trains were symbolic, but in a good way. Symbolic, at least, of some ambition, a vision of the future of the Indian railways. But of course, we cannot just stop at two such trains. Over the past three years, 5, 10, 15, 20 were made and rolled out, and now run from Bengaluru to Chennai and Mumbai to Sholapur. But 15 or 20 will not be enough, will it? Numbers like 400 are now being thrown around. The idea is to replace the old Shatabdis and Rajdhanis with the new Vande Bharat sleeper trains. This brings us to a dilemma. Can those few old government coach factories scattered across the country deliver these many hundreds of new Vande Bharat trains besides other orders which will come along? And if not, then what can be done? Well, to answer that question, we need to go inside a government factory like the integrated coach factory at Chennai, which started the design and manufacturing process. There, we will see what is really going on. Now, you may remember that when we looked at the aircraft industry, there were some demands for the French manufacturer Airbus to make their planes in India. Airbus argued, however, that it did not matter too much where the factory was located. It did not even need to be located in India. The plane was largely made in India because so many of the parts were coming from small and medium-sized Indian engineering firms for final assembly in France. Well, that taught us to look beyond the location of the factory and delve deeper into the supply chain, a lesson we should recall today when we look at the train factory in Chennai. We all think of the Indian railways as wholly government-owned and managed, and so it is. Being a monopolist of such a huge railway system, it has been a huge buyer of railways components over the decades, which has allowed for the development of a thriving private industry of suppliers. They are usually of high quality and cost competitive, 
nurtured by this assured demand, as well as lots of competition. So when we go into the Chennai factory, we'll find that it is a cooperative effort. Perhaps less than half of the train is assembled by the factory's government workers. Vendors, that is, suppliers, are invited in to install their own parts on the train as it is being built. So vendors do not just supply their parts, but fit them for the government in its own factory. So just as Airbus's factory might be in France, but its parts are coming from India, perhaps the Chennai factory is government-owned, but in reality, the train is privately built. Under government supervision, of course. Now, as I mentioned, those Indian suppliers are producing high-quality, cost-competitive parts, and there is a basic competence in train manufacturing in India. About 90% of the parts that go into making Indian trains are locally made. But again, given the sheer demand, it is unlikely that local suppliers will be able to keep up in the coming years. At the moment, because of the war in Ukraine, supplies from that country have been disrupted, and certain parts like wheels are having to be imported from China. We can only make 40,000 such wheels here in India each year, and so double that number, 80,000, have to be imported. So perhaps we should lift the veil on this government manufacture of trains in India and let the private sector in. At the moment, the biggest manufacturers in the world are from Canada, France and Germany. And it is Germany Siemens which has entered the Indian market with a contract to produce over 1,000 electric locomotives. Again, under government supervision at a purpose-built plant in the Horde in Gujarat. As the government puts out tenders, it is gradually finding out that these private players can build trains and components at prices even cheaper than it can. I say even cheaper because it is said that a Vande Bharat train can be made in India for about 120 crore rupees, when it might be made for double that amount abroad. Well, we have vendors coming in to fit their own components in government factories, and foreign companies building locomotives under government supervision, all producing highly cost-effective, high-quality products. Surely the next step in order to meet such huge demand in the coming years would be to allow the private sector, Indian or foreign, to build their own trains, the finished product, all by themselves, for sale to the Indian railways. Ah yes, but the Indian railways, the unions, the people, the politicians would never allow such a thing, you might say. Well, it has already started to happen. A new privately owned train factory has been built in Telangana by the engineering firm Medha. Medha has been in business since the 1980s and has expertise in a wide array of engineering and manufacturing processes. When the new state of Telangana demanded a train factory, and the government of India was slow to allot one, the state government took the initiative to invite Medha in. Already, some of those Chinese imports are being received at the government factory at Chennai, and then making their way up to Medha's factory a little further north. At the moment, its order book is for the Mumbai metro, but its potential to meet the shortfalls in production from those government factories in the coming years is enormous. And so that brings me to another point. Given that our Vande Bharat trains 
are made at half the cost of an equivalent train abroad, wouldn't it be a good idea to develop them as an export product? A half-price, high-quality Indian train? At the moment, those government-owned factories export in the tens of millions of dollars a year. The External Affairs Minister is happy to have a photo opportunity in an Indian carriage rolling through the Mozambique countryside. But surely we can aim for bigger markets. The global train market is not valued in the tens of millions of dollars each year. It is worth many billions. And again, surely this is where the private sector could step up. The right ecosystem exists in India. Nurtured by decades of buoyant orders from the Indian Railways monopoly, plenty of engineering and manufacturing expertise, with lots of competition at the vendor level. We already make in India, so why not make for the world?